partnership between News Source One Michiana and Roaring Light Radio. Welcome to Roaring Light, your daily dose of Michiana community news and independent Christian artist music to get you going through the day. Roaring Light hosts are myself, Olivia Keith Hughes, Sylvia Stark, Rachel Kleckner, Pastor Joel Irvin, and Ron Barash. Public News Service Daily Newscast, September the 16th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Iowa's elections are safe and secure and have not been subject to widespread fraud. That's the message from a bipartisan group of election administrators around the state as disinformation concerns linger. Secretary of State Paul Pate and his Auditor's Advisory Group announced the campaign this week, noting a recent increase in the spread of false claims regarding elections in Iowa, despite no evidence to back those claims. And Ringgold County Auditor Amanda Waskey says there's no reason to believe that the process is vulnerable. We use paper ballots in Iowa. There's nothing connected to the Internet. We do post-election audits after every single election, and that has come back accurate 100% every time. A new activist group called Iowa Canvassing says it wants to clean up voter registration rolls, but the state stresses it conducts routine list maintenance. More broadly, disinformation was fueled by false claims from Donald Trump after the 2020 vote. I'm Mike Moen. As part of the campaign, the Secretary of State's office has devoted a section of its website to election security. The Inflation Reduction Act has made a historic investment of $370 billion to fight climate change over the next decade. More on the story now from Danielle Smith. Among its benefits, the act will provide tax credits for rural electric co-ops to move towards clean energy. Brianna Nicely is Tennessee's campaign manager for Appalachian Voices. She says the act significantly changes the economic landscape for Tennessee's public utilities or not-for-profit utilities to implement renewable energy and energy efficiency. There are some new pots of funding for electric cooperatives to transition um, and then also the direct pay tax credit for renewable energy has been extended to nonprofit entities, which means co-ops and municipal utilities can now access that tax credit. Meanwhile, Nicely notes that access to the tax credits may be limited because of the barriers that the Tennessee Valley Authority has put in place. And now from the New York Times, freight rail companies and unions representing tens of thousands of workers reached a tentative agreement to avoid what would have been an economically damaging strike, a relief for business and consumers, 
also a victory for President Biden. The Times reports a breakthrough on Thursday morning came just hours before a critical deadline that would have allowed workers to strike and had already begun affecting rail service across the U.S. This is PNS. After a devastating hailstorm in eastern Oregon, Eric Tegadoff reports community members are lending each other a helping hand. In mid-August, a severe storm dropped hail the size of baseballs on the town of Wallawa. It damaged nearly every vehicle in the town of 800, smashed windows, and battered roofs. Stephen Cleaver is the pastor of Lustine First Presbyterian Church, which has congregants from nearby Wallawa. I contacted everybody, made sure everybody was okay. What I found out was that people were highly traumatized. This was a traumatic event. It, it just shook people because it was so violent. I mean, we're talking 10 minutes, and it basically decimated the town. He says luckily no one was seriously injured. After checking in with everyone he could, Cleaver headed an effort to raise money. He says so far they've raised $70,000 and handed out $500 vouchers. The Inflation Reduction Act signed by President Joe Biden last month caps the cost of insulin at $35 a month for seniors who have Medicare. According to the West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy, the Mountain State's per capita prescription drug cost increases outpaced national averages every day between 2001 and 2014, faster than all other health care spending. Wood County resident Lisa Doyle Parsons says she's lost family members because of the high cost of doctor-prescribed medications. I, at 55, have outlived three of my five brothers because they could not afford to have the medications they needed to keep them alive and to give them a quality of life. Nadia Ramlagan reporting. Finally, Tramel Gomes tells us environmental groups are calling on Georgia's Environmental Protection Division to reject permits to build a titanium mine near an intact freshwater wetland system. It's known as the Okokonofi Swamp. It extends into Florida. Ultimately, Twin Pines Minerals Company successfully sued the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which dropped its federal protections of the swamp in a settlement. Christian Hunt with Defenders of Wildlife says he was shocked to see the Corps flip-flop, allowing the mining company to move forward with plans to mine on more than 500 acres at the edge of the largest U.S. National Wildlife Refuge east of the Mississippi, if it gets state approval. We think this is an inappropriate neighbor. It's an inconsistent land use adjacent to this world-class wildlife refuge and dozens of scientists have voiced such sentiments so we're following the science in that regard this is by clifford and thank you for ending your week with public news service member and listener supported or on interesting radio stations your favorite podcast platform find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org hello and happy friday yes yes it's hard to believe we made it to the end of our first week here at Roaring Light, your podcast combining the news you love from News Source 1 Michiana podcasts of Michiana 101 with Sylvia Stark and Newsbeat Michiana hosted by Rachel Kleckner, plus great Christian independent artist music, courtesy of Roaring Light Radio, available through radio.com. Today and every Friday we will feature our Christian musician spotlight, one performer's music for our music choices. But before we introduce who it is, I need to get to some important business. This weekend's National Weather Service forecast 
By the way, the National Weather Service Office Doppler radar according to WSBT is being overhauled. New upgrades are coming. Pretty exciting for Michiana. Now the warming forecast. Today, Friday mostly sunny, with a high near 83. South wind 5 to 10 mph. Friday evening. Partly cloudy, with a low around 63. South wind around 5 mph. Saturday mostly sunny, with a high near 85. Southwest wind 5 to 15 mph, with gusts as high as 20 mph. Saturday night a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m. Partly cloudy, with a low around 65. South wind around 10 mph. Sunday a chance of showers and thunderstorms before 11 a.m., then a chance of showers between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m. Mostly sunny, with a high near 85. Southwest wind 5 to 15 mph, with gusts as high as 20 mph. Chance of precipitation is 30%. Sunday night showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 65. Chance of precipitation is 70%. New rainfall amounts between a half and three quarters of an inch possible. Monday a 20% chance of showers before 2 p.m. Partly sunny, with a high near 80. Today is our first Christian musician spotlight, and Lisa Marie Nicole is our first. Her music has been heard on our station going back to when we were known as St. Joseph Valley Gospel Radio back in 2018. She performs quite often across the U.S. in person and online. Look her up on Facebook under Lisa Marie Nicole. This Labor Day she performed a set for News Source 1 Michiana's annual MDA Remembrance event on Facebook. Her music has a lot faith and energy, and we have 10 tracks to share with you today. So, here is Lisa Marie Nicole. Know you are there, God. Why can I feel you near? My mind is so very clogged. I used to hear you so clear. I don't want to give up on what I know is the truth. Please help to stop the noise that's preventing me from listening to you. I know you're there, God. Sometimes I feel alone, even when I'm not. All the troubles in the world, I forget all I've got. I know you are there, God. Why can I feel you near? My mind is so very clogged. I used to hear you so clear. I don't want to give up on what I know is the truth. Please help to stop the noise that's preventing me from listening to you. I know you're there, God. I live my life as I should. 
folks, it's time for my new game I made an announcement about Would You Rather. And here's your question for the day. Would you rather give up air conditioning and heating for the rest of your life or give up the internet for the rest of your life? And this is going to be easy for me. I will give up internet for the rest of my life because I was born in the 80s and I know how to entertain myself. So it wouldn't be a problem for me. Would it be a problem for you? Chime in and let us know. Hola. Buenos dias. Buenos tardes. Buenos noches. Did you know that today kicks off Hispanic Heritage Month? And that runs September 15th to October 15th. And that is to celebrate histories, cultures, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central South America. This observation week month started in 1968 under President London Johnson, and it became law October, August 17, 1988. And it is the anniversary of independence for Latin American countries such as Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. They had declared their independence from Spain on September 15, 1821. Here is what Costa Rica is known for. Costa Rica is known for sprawling rainforests, cascading waterfalls, and volcanoes. They're also known as the hummingbird capital of the world. Some of the popular dishes is pepeas, which is a peach palm fruit, and Viviva a la Viva, which is similar to ceviche and arreglados, which is a type of sandwich. The capital of Costa Rica is San Jose. Here is their national anthem being played. Approximately 5,213,000 people living in Costa Rica. 
the official language of Costa Rica is Spanish, and their official language is Roman Catholicism. Hope you enjoy some of these fun facts as we kick off Hispanic Heritage Month, and we will journey through different parts of Hispanic Heritage Month, kicking up Costa Rica. Next week, we will reveal with some other Hispanic Heritage facts. You can find more information at HispanicHeritageMonth.gov if you want to know any more about Hispanic Heritage Month. Take care. Hey folks, I got another quick announcement for you. Indiana Avenue Bridge in Goshen will be closed September 20th for inspection. Uh, traffic will be diverted at Chicago and River Avenues. If you commute that way or you live that way, be aware that the bridge will be closed at Indiana Avenue on September 20th. And they said that um, it should be done within a day. So just a quick announcement about that. So Osceola is going to well not Osceola but the train the train they're going to close a railroad crossing in Osceola on Chestnut Road one of five rail cl- railroad crossings with less than a span of less than a mile and it will be closed soon and a lot of people are happy about that and I am too and I don't understand why they can't do an underpass where Lincoln Way and Ash Road me at the light I know there's a lot of people that are waiting for that. I mean, that thing, the train is coming by all the time. It's holding up the light. It's holding up traffic. I mean, I, I don't understand why the town won't get on board with doing an underpass there. So if anybody knows, chime in. Um, what's the problem in Osceola? I live in Osceola and I try to avoid that intersection or even trying to go over the tracks because it seems like there's always a train there stopped holding up the traffic. So if you know anything, let me know. Time is passing by, I'm waiting on the day. you were there and I must obey 
Sometimes I laugh Sometimes I cry At times I even question why I need you, Lord To guide my way When will you answer The words that I pray Stand up Keep on walking, walking till I hear him around. 
another important event to set your calendar for is Rio's Rainbow End of Summer Community Picnic in partnership with Sensational Events Saturday, September 17, 2022 from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's going to be located at 326 West Franklin Street in Elkhart, Indiana. And it's going to be a picnic and they're going to have craft vendors there and support Rio Allred who was a teenager with alopecia and an autoimmune disorder who was bullied in school and she took her own life because of that and um, it's now a big thing going in support of the family and of Rio and they're having an end of summer community picnic and I hope to be able to stop by there and talk to some of you there so if you plan on showing up let's link up welcome again to happy and whole in him I'm Joel of Heart City Church in Mark 12 Jesus is asked a political question. Verse 13, they sent to him, Jesus, some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion for you're not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Now the Herodians and Pharisees are odd bedfellows, as surprising as Republicans and Democrats coming together, since these two groups have the opposite positions on more than just this tax. And they're essentially asking Jesus whose side he's on. It'd be like today. Jesus, are you with the Republicans or are you with the Democrats? Though this is as much a religious question as a political one. It is a political in this particular tax actually funded Rome's occupation. The Herodians approved it because they were Israel's pro-Rome party. The Pharisees were the people's party, pro-Israel we might say. So they hated this tax because Rome had them in bondage, but more because God's law forbid the making of images. For them, it was also a religious question. Caesar's image stared out from every coin that Rome demanded. One side saying Caesar was son of the divine, the other that he was high priest, which could hardly be more offensive to God-fearing Jews. In fact, when the tax was first imposed, a fellow named Judas started a revolt. Do you see the trap here? If Jesus says, don't pay the tax, he'll look like an insurrectionist and the Herodians will report him to Rome as a threat. If Jesus says, pay the tax, he'll lose the people's support and the Pharisees can arrest him. So with the crowd looking on, Jesus puts them on the spot by saying, I don't have one on me. Uh, any of you happen to be carrying graven images in the temple? And consider then that greater hypocrisy is Jesus, the son of the divine and high priest, stares at this image of another one claiming the same. And then Jesus says to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Jesus answers that there is no opposition between Caesar and God. You are obligated to both. And folks marvel because they thought paying the tax was giving allegiance to Caesar. But 
Jesus doesn't say pay Caesar. It is render or repay to Caesar what is his. In other words, the coin was not your money in the first place. Do you think this way about your money? Jesus says the things that bear America's handiwork, like cash money, or more, streets and sidewalks, safety measures, for better or for worse, they are all Caesars, and Caesar should be repaid. This means we cannot be complacent in the land that God has placed us. We are to be invested by helping neighbors, obeying laws in the Lord, and paying our taxes. And we are to repay to God everything bearing His image, which is us. We're made in His image, so we're to repay God with our lives, recognizing our first allegiance is to Him, which also means Caesar owes his life to God too. Both political parties today must answer to God for their lives. So we can repay to whoever wins what is rightly theirs, even when we don't like it, confident that God is over every ruler, and he's actually the one who puts them over us. Let me ask, do you live with that bigger perspective? Or do we make the leaders of this age out to be really big and our eternal God out to be small? I'm not saying we should never get angry or take action over evils that rulers commit. And we may even face persecution when the left or the right has power. But Christians live anxiety-free because we hold our American citizenship very lightly, recognizing with Paul that our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Philippians 3. You see how Jesus' return and our resurrection life to come encourages us to live as those who are just passing through this age? So as those on our way to glory, we follow Jesus, who did not reach glory by grasping for power. But Christ spread His arms on the hard wood of the cross and opened to us the kingdom of God. The foolishness of the cross subverts all political machinations of this age. So pledge allegiance to a cross-bearing Messiah who says he's not a Republican or a Democrat. And don't put yourselves in the little box of this party or that. And don't put black hats on one and white hats on the other. Don't buy into a lesser of two evils argument. If you've been raised with Christ, you have a bigger perspective at the ballot box. Give glory to God if your candidate wins or loses because you trust in the absolute monarchy of King Jesus who for a little while calls us to honor and repay the rulers of this age. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you that through your victory you've restrained and conquered all of our enemies. Forgive us for failing to recognize your reign over all things. We pray for our leaders and for our future leaders that you will overrule the folly of their hearts and lead them to rule this people in the fear of you. Amen.
here is some positive news. Did you know Elkhart High School was awarded $500,000 during the awards gala? And here is what happened. The Indiana Department of Education awarded over $4 million to schools across the state at the first Education Excellence Awards Gala. Elkhart High School received $500,000 at the event. Elkhart High School was awarded $500,000 for excellence in crossing the finish line. This award recognized the high school with the greatest access and credential completion rates for students in crossing the finish line initiative partnered with Ivy Tech Community College. Crossing the finish line provides free tuition, fees, books, and other expenses. The Hammond Area Career Center also was awarded $500,000 in this category. Here is a quote. Indiana's educators bring passionate energy to classrooms across the state. It's important that we celebrate them with the same passion and energy, said Dr. Katie Gender, Indiana State Secretary of Education. Indiana's first ever Education Excellence Awards Gala brought together some of our most impactful educators and school leaders, whose daily work is to help is helping countless students to ignite their own purpose, know their value, and understand the possibilities for their life's path. We know that the Real impact for students happened at the education educator level, and our team remained delegate, de- dedicated to supporting educators and amplifying their good work. In addition, North Liberty Elementary School teacher Emily Baton was granted $5,000 for the Excellence in Leading and Learning Award. This award honors teachers who earned the most professional growth points through the Indiana Learning Lab. Additional grants... Award Greg and Gallon Award, Excellence in STEM Award, and that was given to West Lafayette Junior Senior High School and the West Lafayette School Corporation, and they received 250000 This award recognizes a high school that has a student selected for the 20, 2022 Governor's STEM Team and had the highest percentage of STEM course completions during 2021, the 2022 school year. The Excellence in Learning Leading and Learning Award Corporation went to the Randolph Eastern School Corporation, and they received $425,000. This award recognized school corporations that provide support for educators through instructional resources, professional development opportunities, and other best practices. They had the most professional growth points earned per teacher through the Indiana Learning Lab since it launched last year. The Excellence in Early Literacy Award went to Tri Township Consolidated School Corporation, and they received $160,000. Eman Schools received $170,000. Peasant View Elementary School and Zionsville Community Schools District received $410,000. This award focuses on ensuring all students demonstrate proficiency in foundational reading skills by recognizing a school corporation. This happened to be Tri Township. That has received a 100% district-wide passing rate on the 2022 I-READ assessment. It also recognized a large Pleasant View and small EM elementary schools that have received the highest school-wide I-READ pass rate percentage along with the highest pass rate across all student populations. The excellent and crossing finish line high school went to Elkhart Community Schools. Award and they received five hundred 
$1,000. Hammond Air Tour Center, School City of Hammond, received $500 million. This award recognizes the high school with the greatest access and credential compensation rates for students through the crossing line, the finish line initiative through Ivy Tech Community College, Vincent's, Nelkart, and Vincent's University in Hammond. Crossing the finish line prioritizes the completion of high-value post-secondary credentials for graduating seniors by providing free tuition, fees, books, and other certain other expenses. The Excellence in Work-Based Learning Heritage Award went to Heritage Junior High School in East Allen County Schools, and they received $310,000. This award recognizes a school that is providing students a leg up in their futures and their chosen careers by providing access to high-quality work-based learning experiences. Specifically, the award recognized a school with enrollment of at least 500 students that had the percentage, highest percentage of student work-based learning course completions in the 2020-2021 school year. The Excellence in Academic Gains was awarded to the Charles A. Beard Memorial School Corporation and they received $500,000. East Gibson School Corporation received $375,000. The Paramount Inglewood Corporation received $105,000. Western School Corporation received $500,000. While student learning was impacted across the board as a result of the pandemic, Indiana's most at-risk students had persistent learning and educational attainment gaps even prior to the global pandemic. <coughs> This award recognizes four school corporations or charter schools across Indiana that have made the most progress in improving achievement among the student population. This is measured by the iLearn English and Language Arts Assessment results among Hispanic, C.A. Beard, and Special Education each Gibson students, and by iLearn Math Assessment results among Black, Paramount Eaglewood and English Learner Western students. This is some good that's happening within the Indiana district nationwide. The Indian Department of Education has awarded over $4 million to the schools at the first Educational Excellence Awards Gala. I'm proud of Elkhart High School, who received $500,000 as I work for Elkhart Community Schools. It is also wonderful to see other schools in the Indiana, state of Indiana to receive awards. This is something good that's happening in the state of Indiana. Hope you enjoy some of the fun that's happening in the state of Indiana.
conducts roundtable discussion in Marshall County titled Thriving Rural Communities. According to a report recently, recently issued by Ball State University Center for Business and Economic Research titled State of Rural Economy in, Mar- in Indiana, several rural Indiana counties, including Marshall County, are projected for growth as Indiana's most pandemic economy continues to thrive. To learn why Hoosier rural communities are aspirating to succeed while others are already present for growth, Indiana Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch has organized a series of roundtable discussions around Indiana with rural community 
leaders. Here is a quote that she has said. With at least 22% of all Hoosiers living in rural areas, these communities are vital to the state, the health of the state, said Crouch, who is also Indiana's Secretary of Agriculture and Rural Development. We can look at the pages and pages to date, but I want to hear from community leaders around the state on what is being done successfully and what the state can do to help because I want to ensure all rural Indiana counties are poisoned for growth. Marshall County is one of the 20 counties the report indicates is positioned for growth. The Marshall County event was held in Plymouth and is one was the first of six thriving rural communities roundtables scheduled throughout the state. During the discussion, the invited group of community leaders discussed transportation with US 30 and US 31, housing, education, connectivity, and quality of life. Robin Robert, who is a local farmer, said he wants a voice to Marshall County when it comes to change with improvement to US 30 and US 31. He said he's seen a, seen a lot of community die because lack of innovation when creating these freeways. He wants a voice to the state or NDOT to make sure that we do not perish in Marshall County because of, of being cut off from the rest of the world. Charlie Hune from Farm Bureau and another local farmer spoke about the safe access to 31 and 30. He mentioned Homestead Dairy right off of US 31 and difficulty they have getting trucks on and off 31. Hune also said moving farm equipment from one location to another with high access and safety in mind. Dave Lawin from Marshall County REMC and Marshall County Fiber discussed the collaboration with Surf Internet to provide broadband to much more of the rural community than ever before. Working together, they estimate they will serve about 80% of the county when all the plans are complete. They also have planned in the future to work to serve the remaining 20%. Lieutenant Governor Crouch asked what challenges Marshall County faces with growth and attracting people that work from home and can work from anywhere. It appears they want to get out of the metropolitan areas and get into more rural areas. Mayor Mark Sinner said housing is one of the biggest issues. He mentioned the new 275 Registered Development Centennial Crossings being built on the north side of Plymouth. Commissioner Kevin Overmeyer said another change to rural communities is the health care. He said there's a decline of students interested in the medical field. He mentioned how fortunate Marshall County is to have a hospital in Bremen and in Plymouth, but said the Plymouth Hospital has cut services, forcing people to drive north of these services. Governor Kraut said that the county is in a population decline through Indiana, although Indiana had bucked the twin trend and saw a growth in the population of 300,000 in the last 10 years. She also said, while the population has grown, there are 155,000 jobs unfilled in the state. We're not, she said, we don't have enough bodies. We're not going to continue to have many bodies as we have in the past, so how do we address that? Dave, Terrell, who is executive director of Indiana Communities Institute, discussed automation replaces lower skilled workers, but enhances the high skilled workers. He said that they are seeing companies come to rural Indiana for lower skilled workforce that will eventually be replaced by automation. He also fo- mentioned a focus on education with the community conversation and not 
leaving it up to the schools. Talk about rising expectations and encouraging additional education. Commissioner Overmeyer mentioned the Ready Grant that was applied for in Marshall County by Long Life Learning Network. The plan was to create a career center not only for students but for adults to increase their skills and in turn increase their pay scale. Lieutenant Governor Crouch said, and her quote is, I stand ready to help any way I can. If you ever have issues or need information from the state agencies, please reach out to me. She also encouraged the county to conduct roundtable meetings with state legislators before and after the session to discuss the various issues facing the city, towns, and country. In 2020, Purdue University Center for Regional Development and Ball State University's Indiana Communities Institute collaborated to issue the Rural Road to Cover Report as a blueprint for placing Indiana's small cities and towns on the road to recovery in the wake of COVID-19. As a follow-up to the Rural Road to Recovery Report, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs, OCRA, commissioned Ball State to begin researching the state of rural economy in Indiana to review the entire state of the rural economy in Indiana. For more information about what's happening in Marshall County, head over to www.am1050.com. Hope you enjoy something that's happening in Marshall County in the rural communities. Hearts and minds and the soul 
We let this sickness take control. Show us what to do to get back to loving you. Forgive us, O oh Lord. Come back to my mind, into my soul. Fill my heart and take Plead with you, God, evil one win. Holy Spirit, enter in. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us, O Lord, for we Happy weekend to you, Michiana. This is Keith Thews, station manager for Roaring Light Radio and News Source One Michiana. I want to thank you for listening to our first ever Christian musician spotlight with Lisa Marie Nicole. Thank you so much, Lisa, for submitting these songs, both fresh and past. These are awesome songs, and check her out under Lisa Marie Nicole on Facebook. She has some new recordings that will be coming up in October, as she has mentioned on her Facebook page. So we got one more recording for you, just a little bit of a clip that seems to be appropriate for this podcast. little snippet, little teaser she has that she submitted. And uh, again, thank you so much for joining us this week on Roaring Light. We'll be back on Monday. So here it is, Step Into the Light. And we'll wrap it up with Miss Sylvia to get you ready for this weekend. There's a light at the end of the tunnel Shining brightly by the love of the Lord Step out of the darkness and into the
All right, that is our Notre Dame fight song. Notre Dame, as we know, is zero and two for the season. Not in a good way. But hope you can help cheer them along so they can at least get their first win. I know there was a big old upset this past Saturday of how they lost to a, a team that a lot of people didn't know anything about. And so, if you're a true Notre Dame fan, you might want to start cheering your team so they can win. Hopefully, Notre Dame can pull their first win. Their next home game is coming up this weekend. Take care and cheer on your Notre Dame team. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son.